right, folks, let's get it going. Sports Insider Radio, inviting you to check out sportsinsiderradio.com. Brian Blessing in Las Vegas, John and Mike on board, johnsyndicate.com. We got a lot of cool things to yap about with you here on a hump day. Always heading to busy weekends in the sports wagering world. 1-800-209-1679. 800-209-1679. You can go to sportsinsiderradio.com and you can see John standing and talking at the same time. Is that like walking and chewing gum at the same time? It's, it, can, it can be done. It can be done. What, I, what I'm not thrilled, not thrilled about, is can't you get, uh, is the setup not such that Mike can be over there as well? I can kind of keep tabs on you, he's but eating. I don't know I don't what Mike he's is doing. He's always eating. I don't want him on air eating. I'll let him walk in later. Well, you know, it is kind of lunchtime where you are. It is, but, you know, I was just trying to make a play on it. I was looking at a game, Atlanta, uh, Detroit. They pull games on and off the board all day. The second I logged in, it was off the board. Atlanta, Detroit, off the board. We'll have to find out why in a minute. Maybe you got some information I don't know about, but I know it's off the board. You see it off the board, Brian? Mm, I see it off the board. uh, Out here, only one property currently, uh, but I do see a mixed bag where uh, Detroit's 11 uh, but there are eight and a halfs out there, so clearly we're sitting here looking at uh, a real gray area with somebody. We'll see if we can find out. Exactly, and that goes back to keeping up with injury reports and understanding, especially on the back to the East Coast. A lot of clients on the West Coast will ask us why we don't have our NBA selections so early. And the reality is, there's a lot of game time decisions, so we don't usually make those decisions on the NBA till about. Uh, 3 o'clock Las Vegas time, 6 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, just because you know most of the games are going to start from 4 on in Vegas, 7 here. And and there's really no value unless you think you're going to beat a move on a favorite going up, vice versa, on a dog to be playing NBA games this early. Uh, Just to venture a guess, Milwaukee did play last night. Um, So, conceivably, I don't know. Exactly. Or Atlanta, I'm sorry. Atlanta played last night. Atlanta, Atlanta, played, Atlanta played. And covered. Milwaukee. And covered. And covered. Uh huh. Okay. Uh, Michael, how you doing today, pal? Not feeling better from uh, yesterday's show. I, I'm refreshed. I had a good lifting session this morning, and you know, I've been tracking a lot of the soccer movements because Champions League, one of my favorite tournaments of the year. Is uh, the the round of all I care about? Today. All I care about is what's Brian doing with his wife after after the show for Valentine's Day. Uh, What'd you get her, Brian? You're gonna make me do this. Uh, I, I mean, I will. I'll, I'll, you know, this is a full. Hey, she's listening. She's I, know, listening. I, I know. I know. She's one of my biggest she fans. Loves so you. She loves you. Happy Happy Valentine's ha- Day. Right. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, Happy Valentine's Day, Marie. There you go. That's about it. There you go. Um. No. I. I in fact, I walked in and. I, um. I love her more than life itself, but I, uh, you know, uh, I woke up this morning. And I said, "Happy Wednesday," uh, you know. It's like, I, I, mean, I listen, but my, I mean, I, I guys out there, now, now women are don't don't hate me, all right. But I, but this has worked, and, and God bless, she's bought into this. My whole premise with her anniversary, Valentine's Day, uh, holiday, is every day's Valentine's Day. And, there you go. I love you know, it. So, Tell that to my daughter so, who's well, 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 there day apart. Well, well, here's the moral of the story. I mean, I always say that a Hallmark card. I mean, I wouldn't give her an index card. Uh, you know, I. <laughs> it's called a QVC card. It's like every day's Valentine's oh, Day going nuts. Well, I, that's all well and good, and, and she chuckles about it, and she's on board with it. But I wake up this morning, my 8-year-old granddaughter. Is lobbying? Where's my Valentine? Oh, they're already brain. They're already. Oh, it's a marketing I'm, I'm like, engine. They're already I'm brainwashed. Where'd I, you get me? I've spent I've spent forty some years got got this thing down to a science. Now I got to train an eight year old. Hey, listen, uh, you're preaching to a, a father of a daughter, so you know I, I don't even want to go there. Yeah. But anyway, hey, I look. I, I notice. I notice you got um, you got the fancy water out again. Oh, San Pellegrino, always. We, not again. I buy it by the case. <laughs> what, what is it? Water with bubbles? It's yeah, exactly. It's like instead of drinking Coke, it's sugar-free mineral water. Exactly. Okay. Can you say correctly, Aqua Minerale? Come on, try. <laughs> is that a soccer team? <laughs> Listen, let's talk about real quick. We're going to make a little quick segue, and then I'll let you guys. We'll get into the real stuff. This, I always say, base. I, Mike knows. I'm so excited. Me and Kenny have done videos on. 
how you can literally make millions in the upcoming MLB season. Every year, MLB is where the majority of the square betters, bet, you know, they settle down and take the season off till football, and it's when we are just going full steam. We are obsessed with, I'm not a fan of sports, but I am obsessed and a fan of making money when you're looking at a run line, uh, excuse me, a money line instead of a point spread. So in, with that being said, how many people you think just absolutely got brutalized on Sunday laying $350 on Tampa Bay at Buffalo in NHL? This goes back to whether it's NHL. This goes back to whether you know I'm the dog king in baseball. You can't lay those types of prices and expect to win. Were no, you expecting it, 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 no, uh, it is, Buffalo to win 5-2? to two? Uh, in that specific instance, there were reasons why you could make a case that the honest answer was no, but it was stay away from it. But Tampa Bay was playing in back-to-back nights. Uh, Buffalo had lost their best player, but Buffalo's playing the best hockey that they've played all year. Um, but the other thing that, that kind of flew in the face of it, and thankfully in this instance you didn't go anywhere near Tampa Bay because they had their dads on the trip with them, and the dad's trip with underdogs has been this money-making machine in hockey. Well, Tampa Bay's so good, they're a favorite on, on the road in two games. It's like you stay away from it. Buffalo was plus 280, by exactly. the way, in Boston on the weekend with their dads on the trip, and they beat the Bruins, who hadn't lost in forever at home. So, no. And that's the other thing about, I would say this with all sports, um, you know, people can't help themselves in football season if it's the game that's on TV. But especially if it's hockey, the NBA, or college basketball, there are far too many options that are on a wagering board for anybody to even go within a country mile of a favorite that size. Well, if anything, I know you hate the word value, but I look at the value on the dog side because, again, on any given night, any team can win. And, again, this goes back to how people are just uh, obsessed with playing favorites, whether it's in hockey or whether it's in MLB, and they wind up getting burnt because you can't overcome the VIG. How are you going to overcome two nights in a row double downing on Tampa Bay, losing 280, losing 350 maybe, losing 320 maybe. You can't do it. It's hard enough to overcome 11 to 10. And only, you know what I mean? Even, even if, even if uh, the Knights, the Golden Knights were laying 300, I don't care how good they're playing. You, uh, to me, I'm always going to grab the dog side from a value point of view if I have to play the game. And we have a wonderful guest in studio, oddsxfactor.com, the one, the only, that you were just – Alluding to John Kenny White is here. Hello, Kenny. Did he w- roll in? Did he use the roller this time? Usually Two wheels. He rolls the documents around. No, Two he, wheels. He kind of like stumbled in here. He crashing through the door. No, Kenny. You know, it's amazing, Brian. When he's in deep, knee deep in research, he literally has a roller like I roll to Vegas. He rolls around, so he says, "Why should I lift the heavy bag?" I don't blame him, but it's a, it's a brilliant idea <laughs> See, to use a use a, use a bag use use a suitcase as your backpack. Well, the good news is, I mean, the many years that we've been together, you know, with Kenny, uh, you know, if it's numbers and he's crunching numbers or something, I'll just walk by. The good news is, I'm usually there just in case uh, there are words involved. I mean, you know, if he needs help with the big words, I'm there for you, Kenny. I appreciate that. <laughs> he's you know, the number cruncher. How you been? I'm good. I'm good. They, uh, you know, listen to you talk about hockey. Sunday, there was three $2 favorites that all went down. Yeah. In one day, right. three. Uh, Winnipeg was 240 over the Rangers. They lose 3-1. to one. Dallas was 270 over Vancouver. They lose 6 nothing. And the Vegas Golden Knights at home, 205. They lose 4-1. to one. So it wasn't even close. You you got a three-team parlay. Huge three-team parlay. And the, the funny thing exactly. is, when you look at those, those specific instances, it, it, hockey... Uh, in all sports, I would say this, but but history repeats itself. Uh, there's a there's cyclical natures of seasons. We've talked about it on this show. Uh, watch for lower scoring games to start kicking in. The other night there were three games they all went over. And everyone's like, oh, well, they're still scoring all these goals. Well, two of them, the one game was, was Tampa Bay and Toronto, and those are two teams that play a similar style. The other two games 
we're featuring teams that are hopelessly eliminated and out of the playoffs that they're not sitting there taking the body uh, and they become kind of pond hockey games. But know that the totals are about to come down. And you mentioned the Vegas thing the other night. They've been able to overcome all kinds of things, and they just wow you. And last night, uh, they maybe kind of floating around a little bit, uh, going, uh-oh, you don't want to lose two in a row. And they put a four spot up in the third period and roll Chicago. But that game the other night, you said, uh, what were they, Kenny, against the Flyers? 205 against the Flyers. It was the first, I don't care who you are, it was the first game home from a six-game road trip where they traveled like 6,000 miles. Yeah, doesn't and, work all the time, but it works more often than it doesn't work. And well, I, you certainly aren't betting favorites coming in and, and walking into the teeth of that train. No, you know, and I, I heard another, and I have not had the time to research it, but in uh, I found a trend in basketball. Same thing, you know. Anytime a team is away mm-hmm. five straight games, and then they come home that first game back home, you bet against them. Right. I think. But, I, I but think, wait, yeah. wait, that's not over with yet. If that team wins that game. The next game, there's three times as much value betting against that team. Again. Again. Bet against them again because the, the first night's kind of just a fluke that they actually won that game. And right. then, but I haven't had the research to actually. Oh, I you, you I wait, have, no, I, I saying, read this. Wait, I read this. Wait, this no, was, wait a minute. Let me make sure I get this right. You're saying uh, the team comes home. And just generally speaking, they're a fade. And I, and I think you're right to put a caveat on it. I'd say four, but the reality of a five or a six-game road trip really sells the point. Yes. All right, so you're saying fade the team that comes home. Just so I didn't misunderstand. You, were, you talking about the, were you talking about the next game, the team that the, the visiting team is the fade? Or, no, or no, that no, same no, team no. that's that home now? That same team that's home now. Right. If they beat you. You end up losing the bet. You were against them because it's their first game back okay. home. It's the honey do list. Okay. They, here's the kid. You got to right. take care of the kid. You got to take okay. the kids. That, oh, right. You do the run around. I've been doing it for for a week now. Exactly. And now you got to play a game and you lose. Well, the team actually wins. They win the game. There's still a fade the next game. The next game, they're a triple fade because I guess it's three times much more value. Well, than so, wait, real, real quick, though, just to follow up, like you said, it's not a blind thing because that specific scenario was just played out here where Vegas came home and lost, but then won. Right? I don't know. They Yeah, Vegas came home. Oh, no, that's not, si- no, not that would be opposite. Opposite. Or... No, Vegas came home. Did they? From the six-game road trip and lost to Philly. No, they'd have to win that game. They'd have to win that game. Right. The first okay. one. one. So you win the first bet. Yeah. Win the it first ends on the first bet. All right, got so it. It ends on the first bet. All right, got it. And well, that goes back to what I keep talking about, which is money management. For all these people listening to this, it, what Kenny's basically saying is, if you lose that first that first wager when they come home, is supposed to be a smaller unit wager. And then if it loses, then you're supposed to make a triple wager. Like you just use an example of a hundred bucks on the first game, and then you go to win three hundred dollars on game two because they it was a fluke that they won that game. But but if the Vegas wins that first game, then you just leave it alone. It's uh, over. Well, yeah, exactly. Me, that's but, it. But, but, that's but, it. That's it. John's got it. John's got it. That's but, but exactly let me, right. Let me ask you though, uh, just out of curiosity, now, Vegas would be a very bad example. Uh, because uh, the betting public's been playing a game of whack-a-mole with the sports books. All oh, yeah. Long. So they're inflated through the moon. So so technically speaking, they're a bad example. But knowing this, and these are kind of common things that are thrown out there now, um, the, the mindset is that most people, oh, they're back home, and they're, you know, oh, but the, wait a minute, they're back home, but it's a problem spot. But the number doesn't seem to reflect it, Kenny. I, I, you know, I'm curious why. When they put it up, shouldn't it be a deflated number, knowing that it, it's not this cupcake that it would normally? You would think, oh, they're back home. It's the actual opposite of that. Um, or is it just simply it, you put a market number up and then the public decides? But it doesn't seem like that. Those wow. kind of things that are commonplace are taken into account. On the Vegas, you're, you say that you don't no, think it, they're high enough. I'm, no, I'm just saying when these teams come home, and we know that's a, that yeah. first game home's a, a, a tough game to play. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. generally they're going to be a dollar sixty favorite at home, if they come home, they make them a dollar sixty favorite instead of shading them down. And say, oh, this is a bad spot. They should be a dollar. You know, open at a dollar forty. Doesn't seem like that's ever taken into account. No doubt, I I, I agree. But that's you know, it's that's just different syndicates, money markets, professionals out there that aren't following that. You know, so there's some following it, and the the number goes down, and there's others not following that, and they believe against it, or they don't buy into it, and they bet the other side. They're betting the favorite. Up. Yeah, I mean, I don't think so. I, I th- what I notice a lot of groups are doing now this year, particularly, is they're betting overnight and they're beating numbers. Like I we discussed it on last night's 
show, uh, one of my guy, one of the groups I deal with bet uh, against Pittsburgh minus five and a half uh, the night before in Vegas, nine o'clock your time, and it closed at nine. So you know he took some back at plus nine. Obviously that was a waste because the the other Boston College blew him out. But the point is, I, I see a lot of people betting games early, trying to beat the number because it's what we always talk about. It's all about the number, and then you know midway or whatever percentage through the season it's interesting right now kenny because you know i did my homework before you got here i gotta act like i know something compared to you um the home team edge in college basketball seems to have the edge so far against the spread this year so you're talking about teams coming home 52 percent of home favorites have covered in college hoops and 51 percent of home dogs have covered in college hoops it's almost like if you're not paying for information if you're not paying odds x factor if you're not paying uh john syndicate if you're not paying the insider's game you should basically say okay i'm not going to pay for information i'm going to only play on home teams whether it's the dog or whether it's the favorite the home team now i don't put much into that 12th crowd scenario but against the spread it's been huge the irony is that from the favorite straight up with just money line they're winning 80% this season in college basketball. So the spread is the great equalizer, obviously. And, and, you know, and, and it's a great topic, and there's so many ways to try to sit there and dissect this and find value. And, Kenny, with your power rates, I'd be very curious because this was a game yesterday, and it doesn't mean when you see something like this that, that okay, um, what am I missing? I was on Kent, by the way, Brian. Sorry. Well, but <laughs> yesterday on Sportsbook Radio, Bruce Marshall was on. And, and we were talking, and it was a game I was on with, and, uh, with St. Bonaventure. St. Bonaventure, I, I just got out of curiosity, can I ask you this? St. Bonaventure was laying one at LaSalle. St. Bonaventure, and I'm not, it's not about them. This is about trying to identify things and, and things you see. I'd be, A, curious. I want to know what you would have made the game. But St. Bonaventure comes out of the gate. they got two of the best guards in the country. And the first game of the season, they lose to Niagara, which you think is a devastating loss. But the one guard had a rolled ankle, Adams. Well, it turns out Niagara goes on. They're going to be a 21 team, a 21 team. So that wasn't the horrible loss everybody thought it was. Then they had a little bad stretch in the middle of the season. But now uh, the kid Adams is scoring 40 a game, or he had back-to-back 40-point games. The two guards are going bananas. They've now won seven in a row in the A-10, and they're making a real serious push. The game of the year is Friday against Rhode Island to be an at-large team. LaSalle can't get out of their own way. Yesterday, we're sitting there. St. Bonaventure was one on the road, and we're sitting there going, what? What are we missing here? Now, it was a close game. In the end, the Bonnies won by eight on the road. What did you? Well, so wait, let me just ask Brian, Kenny. Though, wait, let me ask Kenny real quick. What what did did you personally make that game? Um, I had Bonnie's four. And yeah, I, and that's I, what and I said. And I gave and I gave home court to the game. The the only two negatives I'd looked at in that game was you just mentioned it. Their biggest game of the year is Friday against Rhode Island. Right. So they could very easily look past LaSalle because they knew LaSalle's bad. This is a bad basketball team. We could beat this team in our sleep. But Rhode Island next game, they're better than us. That's our big game. If we could beat Rhode Island. If they Island, win, they're in the tournament. Yeah, we we beat Rhode Island, we're in. So they could have easily looked at. Plus, actually, LaSalle, as bad as they've played, I believe. Are LaSalle, decent at home. They've, they're decent at home. I yeah. think they've won their last three games at, or four like even, games at Even home. in a smaller conference like uh, uh, Siena. Siena's having a horrible season. But at home, they're, they're losing these games by a point. They were catching eight the other night. Yeah, see, they've been competitive at home. They've won four of their last uh, they've won five of their last six at home. They beat Mercer by 10, who's no great shakes. But St. Louis, they beat by 23. They beat Fordham by eight. Bad teams. They beat Massachusetts by 15. And they beat St. Joe's by three. They had one loss at home. That was to VCU by six. So, so LaSalle at home, they're actually their scores and their differential is actually pretty good. But we gave So we gave a bunch of scenarios. Why? Maybe. But for you, though, if you make it four and, and, and that game was one, I mean, what are the quantifiers that make you say, I, I got it just sight unseen, I, I've got to do this? Well, I didn't have any. I, lay, I laid one on the game. I bet St. Bonaventure yesterday. Um, I, I, I'm looking at uh, 
revenge, if there was revenge in the game from one side or the other, the look-aheads, the only thing that scared me was the Rhode Island game being next because I know how good Rhode Island is, um, and St. Bonnie's knows how good they are. And then I was looking at at, at LaSalle has been competitive at home, and did I give them a but, high but, enough home court rating? So those are the things I was looking okay. at. But let me say this to you real quick, guys. For the gambler that's listening to this, and they're not really, you know, the average guy that's calling the office and speaking to Mike on a daily basis for selections, whether it's from you, Kenny, or me, or Brian, or any of our other sources that we represent, they, they're not into the sports. Like, they're not looking at player. They're paying us so we do the work for them. And they're not really into that. Uh, it's too much now. It's almost information overload for the guy. He just wants to be told what to bet and what percentage of his bankroll, what unit to bet. And so for me, I go back to... People that are listening, if you want to access Kenny's plays, the guy featured on the original Kenny, the real Kenny, the one featured on 60 Minutes, that's the example of the outlaw line. The difference between what the line should be, what he makes it, and what it is, and where the where the value is. Because if the lines should be minus four, and they're laying one, obviously that's a nice size play. There's a three point edge. But I will say back to that Bonaventure game, and then as a Total, you know, their whole game was the first half. They were up by ten at the half, and they won the second half, uh, thirty-seven to thirty-six. So in that game, Brian, they were up forty-two to thirty-two in the first half, and they won the second half by one. But there was only three games. So Kenny, on the second half, which I know you love, and the pace system, there were twenty-three basketball games yesterday. Only three teams won both halves. That means basically. If you bet the opposite of the halftime score, you took the, the team losing at half, you literally were 90% against the spread in the second half. Now, that's not every day, but it's been happening a lot. I don't see teams finishing. I see, I see teams literally playing if they – it's like if you have a big lead and you're a favorite – you're dead. You're not covering. Yeah, this is this is February. This is the dog days of August for baseball, for college basketball. Exactly. It's February because you've now been practicing. You've been playing and practicing since the beginning of October, and you're starting to get a little bit tired. You're hitting that wall, and the tournament, the conference tournament's two to three weeks away. It's close. It's so close you can taste it, and that's why February's tough sometimes, and you're well, right. Teams don't close. Well, and you've got the, yeah, motiv- well, you you got the motivation. You've got the motivation. Well, Buffalo, real quick, is an example. They've been blowing teams out there, laying 13. They're up 45-27. to 27. And then the, at, in the second half, Kent State wins 45-39. to 39. And so what you can, I can show you an example on literally almost every single game. The only game that really won commandingly yesterday was Michigan State on the road. At halftime, it was 43-25. to 25, And in the second half, they won 44-32. to 32. Other than that, it was flip-flop. It was basically whatever you saw in the first half, these favorite, like take example Arkansas. They're up 34 to 23 at halftime. They play 41 to 41. And now, real quick, I got an email, Kenny. People are asking me about second half totals. What we've noticed is that regardless of the total on the game, why is there so much more scoring? Take that example I just showed you, Arkansas, Mississippi. Every game is like this, low scoring in the first half, and almost like you know, huge amounts of scoring in well, the, the, the basic just because the, of fouling. Well, the well, no, I mean, the basic premise is if the game's within you know uh, under ten points, let's say you know that what in the final minute and a half, Kenny, you're you're sitting there basically on the premise that the second half you're factoring in. Uh, generally speaking, uh, on the second half totals, you're factoring in ten points of foul shots in the last. <laughs> minute and a half. Yeah, it's the the, dif- the difference is like nine and a half points first half to second. Because you're not scoring. fouling at the end of the first half no. to stop the clock. For, first half, you would expect in the last two minutes, you would expect six possessions. Second half in the last two minutes, you could expect fifteen, fifteen, yeah. and and you could get twenty yeah. in some games. So. And it all it all depends what the score is. If it's a one point game, you may only get six possessions in the last two minutes of second half. Is there a way? Uh, and I know with all the things you, you put together, um, is there a math model that that can be generated, or maybe you already do such a thing? Um, but based on what the first half score is, that in general terms, uh, you know whatever whatever the the total is, the margin is uh, in a basketball team. 
you know, and you're factoring in the matchups to then factor in how the second half may be different. Again, you know, one of the things that I'm a big proponent of, and, and it's hard to do with all these games, although it's amazing now on your computer you can see virtually 70% of these games played every night. Um, the eyeball test where, you know, uh, they, they went two for uh, 12 from three-point range, and, you know, seven of them were in and out or whatever, and it's like little things that were anomalous. It's like football. When you go down the field, they're going up and down the field, and they fumble three times inside the five. If you weren't watching the game or didn't see it, you're sitting there going, they should have scored 30 in the first half, not 13. Right, and you're going to go over in that game because you know the teams move the ball up and down the uh, down the field. I do the same thing for basketball. I use the pace. I get the pace at halftime, and the pace is... 38. That's a high pace. That's above average pace. And when you do pace, is it on shot attempts? It's on shot attempts, free throw attempts, turnovers, because those are all possessions, and then minus offensive rebounds. Okay. So you take away the offensive rebounds because they're getting a second shot attempt on that one possession. But that's kind of misleading sometimes because you could take 30 seconds off the clock, you shoot, you miss, you get the offensive rebound, and then you take 30 seconds more off the clock. That really really hurts, but it's it's rare rare for that to happen. The thing that would be going inside that is with turnovers, I mean, turnovers, they're all different. It could be a guy turns it over you know, underneath the basket. But if the guards are turning the ball over, that's leading to two-on-ones and layups the other way. Turnovers yeah. can actually lead to an enhanced pace. Yeah, it can. Turnovers definitely can because you look at teams like West Virginia that they want to get turnovers to get their offense It's like going, the old VCU, right? VCU is the same way, same type of team. But I had a team the other day, I can't remember who it was now, but they had 15 turnovers in the first half. And they were, they were a good team. It was like it was either it was either a North Carolina or a Florida State, a high scoring team. Just couldn't they couldn't take care of the basketball. It was really well, active. They knew the, the way, second half they were going Ro- to. You were talking about Rhode Island. They were the only other team beside Michigan State that won convincingly in both halves. They were up thirty five to twenty nine against Richmond, and then in the second half they went crazy fifty to thirty eight. So you know, you know, Rhode Island was really beside Rhode Island and Michigan State. Really, everything else was completely opposite, and it makes you, you know, I see the value. We were on Nebraska yesterday, and again, believe it, we're in Maryland. We're Maryland fans, but we took Nebraska. Nebraska was down two points at the half, thirty-two thirty. They were losing, and then they won the second half, forty to thirty-four. I, I'm almost Kenny. Tell me if I'm wrong. I almost, if I'm laying a price, if I'm playing a favorite, I want to be losing at half. Yeah, well, it depends on how much you bet on the game. You don't want to be the underdog in the second half. But, yeah, you're right. Sometimes it is it is more advantageous. I was asked that the other day about uh, in-game wagering, whether, you know, if you like the favorite or not. I said, you know, what if you like the favorite with in-game wagering? Now you don't even have to wait till halftime. Wait five minutes into the game, and if, if the score is tight, you might get a better number on that favorite at that point, just so five minutes guys, into the game. I'll give you guys a great story, then we'll, let, we'll hear it from Mike. Uh, yesterday, I was waiting for the Vegas game to start, and I wanted them to be down a goal so I could in-game get a better price. And before I hit the button, it was 1-1. Ah, <laughs> yeah, time, time easier. Let me ask Kenny one more, uh, just a, a quick question on, on the college hoops front. Uh, Mike, hang with me, bud, for one second. The college hoops is so different the NBA these teams cycle around and they play each other but it's more about scheduling and times uh, that you wouldn't necessarily go bonkers oh the last time they played but college basketball is a complete different animal in conference play Uh, you get them home you get them away Um, the revenge or well the revenge is a factor but in this generally speaking from the odds makers perspective the second time around when teams play what is the is there a shade involved because there was there's familiarity from already having played them then the change of venue um it, it, does it depend so many things could be current form but whatever but generally speaking in a rematch scenario that we see teams go through in all conferences what what is the thought process from the odds makers for that second game going the, in the biggest thing is if you lost at home if you lost at home the first game and now you're going on the road and you have revenge, home revenge that you lost on your home court, then that's kind of factored in. I think that's factored in about a point and a half, almost two points on a lot of games. You'll you'll see that time in and time out. That's about the only factor that I've seen that's put into the betting line. All right. And Mike, the and other- I will say that, that real quick and then just throw the 52.5% number against the spread, it's the exact same number in college and pro. It's fifty-two and a half, fifty-two and a half percent, basically, for um, favorites in college basketball, 
and it's 52.5%. Still, dogs are leading in the NBA. So, you know, you got teams winning, but obviously we know the Golden State Warriors of the world and the Clevelands of the world, they're not, they don't cover most, must, much. You know, the, the other night, Golden State blew somebody out, but overall, they're laying, you're laying an overvalued number every time the Warriors, every time you play the Warriors, wouldn't you agree, Kenny, that you're paying a higher price? Oh, yeah, they're definitely um, going to be inflated just a little bit. Not a lot, but at home um, because they're able to run scores up. So uh, you and, and the general public is also going to be on them. So the later you wait to get on a Warrior game, um, you're, getting, you're just going to get a bad number. And, Mike, back to college basketball. And you know, one of the other things, uh, as Kenny talked about with February, and I think this is a very big deal that's maybe the, the little hidden nugget that's in there, um, you know, most conferences, or many conferences, let's say, have their conference tournaments coming up, but there's the ability to get first-round buys or even seeding where a team's sitting there looking at it going, oh, my God, we got to be – we want to be the Ford seed. We can't <laughs> – so there's a matchup we just don't want in the first round. There's an extra sense of urgency. And when we say motivation, every team wants to win every game. But there are certain situations where teams – uh, in this final month are highly motivated because of the position it will put them in when they get to the conference tournament. Well, that and a lot of these teams, like, and I just want to touch on what you guys have been talking about regarding a lot of these favorites are just taking, if they're up at half, they're just taking the pedal and they're just holding it back and because they're just trying to win the game. They're not trying to burn out their players. And you could clearly see the teams with great guard play are – you know, the, they rise to the top of their conference. I mean, we all know this. The teams in the tournament, the team in the conference tournaments that have amazing guard play will get them farther in the tournament. So watching a lot of these guys, a lot of these injury reports don't come out for these small schools right away. So if you don't really monitor the game all day and you're just betting it first thing in the morning, there, it's a locket change with a lot of players that may not play based on, you know, they're just the team that they're playing. It doesn't matter for seeding. So all of this matters, especially going into the tournament. I mean, like, and I know another game that I was on last night that I actually lost. I had Eastern Michigan, but they were up so much at half that I took Miami of Ohio getting five and a half in the second half. They only lost by one, and I ended up pushing on the game because I had a second half play on it. So it's, it's very easy to just think that you could make money by just looking on the board and not and just bet it and forget it. But if you monitor these games every single game, and the eyeball test matters as well, you could save yourself a lot of money by actually playing the second half. Sports Insider Radio. Check out sportsinsiderradio.com. 800-209-1679. 800-209-1679. Come back. We'll take you to the top of the hour as we look forward to what's going to be another great weekend and a very busy time of year. Football may be done, but there are countless opportunities on the board. one 800 1679 That's one 800 1679 Pick up the phone and make the call. Get today's Consensus Club play absolutely free. Coming from the outside to the inside here at SportsInsidersRadio.com. Get our top consensus play from me, John, yours truly, plus Kenny White and Brian Blessing. It's absolutely free. Don't stall. Make the call. 1-800-209-1679. 1-800-209-1679. Hey, this is former odds maker Kenny White now on your side of the counter. Go to oddsxfactor.com where I'm going to reveal all the secrets how to beat the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, and especially college sports. College is my forte. I love totals. I love second halves. And I love in-game. I was seen on 60 Minutes. I can beat the point spread. I was on the other side. Now I'm with you. Go to oddsxfactor.com. JohnSyndicate.com. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Direct from the Vegas Strip. Are you looking to access the most powerful betting syndicate information directly from the Vegas Wise Guys? The same games that players walk into the casinos and move 5, 10, 20 dimes a game on week in and week out. Learn the secrets of the most powerful betting sources 
directly from our office to your ears. All you have to do to walk with that air of confidence is pick up the phone and don't stall. Make the call. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Call now. Call free for your access password at johnsyndicate.com. That's www.johnsyndicate.com. Call now. Call free. All right, we're back with you, Sports Insider Radio. Check out sportsinsiderradio.com. Oh, you can see John working away with his fancy bottle of water. 800-209-1679. 800-209-1679. Uh, let's dive right back in. Brian Blessing, Kenny White. John and Mike from johnsyndicate.com on the hopper with us. And we gear up. Hey, can I ask you, you got the Olympics. Uh, we've got the Daytona 500. We've got golf. Um, are you finding, Kenny, the sports on the periphery um, uh, are becoming more and more and more and more attractive? I mean, golf tournaments used to be you tee off on a Thursday, have a nice day. That's all she wrote. Now you get uh, head-to-head matchups for every round, fluctuating future odds to win the event as the weekend progresses, the implementation of mobile apps. It's just insane the kind of offerings that are there. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, the uh... – uh, all the periphery sports are just gaining more and more attraction, and it's not just the big four anymore. It's um, women's NBA. The WNBA is getting more attractive. More people are betting it. Uh, soccer is getting more prevalent. You'd mentioned the golf, tennis. It's it's just picking up in all facets. You got um, so many smaller sports. College baseball is coming up. The World Series. You'll see more action. The last couple of years, I've seen every book in town put every game up and every total up which was completely amazing. Ten years ago, you wouldn't have never seen that. Maybe two or three books would have thrown it up. That's it. But they're all now putting up as much as they can. And, Mike, you know, the one thing I would say, I mean, it, it doesn't matter. The things that are on the border are absolutely off the charts. Now, I mean, in Nevada, it was something that we could never do. But now the Olympics are up. They'll have odds on alpine skiing or, you know, speed skating, whatever. But you even get to the NFL draft, and there are indexes and props that are up there. You know, how over under four and a half players uh, from Alabama taken in the first round how many trades will there be how many quarterbacks will be selected it's just amazing the appetite from the public and then the willingness just to put the numbers on the board well I mean it's the props are always going to be there and as the years go on it's just going to be more and more prevalent that basically everything's going to be able to be able to wager on and that's what people want so the books are going to give a number out. But just a side note, did you guys watch that Sean White final last night? Yes, I did, actually. I'm not a big... Incredible. I'm not a right? big... Uh, I love the Winter Olympics. Uh, and I actually watched that. The snowboarding thing I'm moderately indifferent to, but watched it because of him. And well, that was pretty clutch, man. And and that actually, those guys are insane. What do you mean? You don't strap on a snowboard and go up into the mountains up uh, well, above Summerland? Who, who would deem doing that... <laughs> Uh, who would get on a on a, a sled and lie uh, backwards and go eighty miles an hour down a hill, or then just like launch yourself off a <laughs> off the ski? Who would do that for the first time? Who deems that to be? Hey, let's do that. Yeah, I you know, hey, what can I tell you? But I I do have a question about uh, the NBA for you, Kenny. I know you were for all your VIP members. I know they were on the Nuggets last night. You issued the game real early. It was like five and a half, six. It closed at seven. And then they won by eight. But do you think most people, and how much do you put into the quarter scoring? Like when I look at that game, I'm, I don't believe in lucky. I believe you win or you lose, right? And you had a win. But I also look at the fact that they only won one quarter. The Denver Nuggets only won the fourth quarter. They lost or were tied in the first three quarters. They lost the first quarter. They lost the second quarter. They were tied in the third quarter. And then basically the Spurs couldn't get out of their own way in the fourth quarter. And then if you had Denver, you got the cover. Do you do you use that in your analysis of making your number? Like, hey, it's nice I won the game, but, hey, it was for only 15 minutes of the game that I won. Well, I'm glad that uh... – uh, you brought it up because it's a really good example because in my handicapping, um, I made Denver five and a half in the game. And that's that's if they were playing at both teams full rest. But then 
I look at, and that's with Aldridge out for San Antonio, but then all of a sudden, whoa, wait a minute, they played the night before against Utah and Utah, and that was a heck of a game, They and they blew a lead. They blew a lead for only the third time in like 780 games. The Spurs were 783-3 and three when they led by 13 or more in the fourth quarter, and they lost, and they lost to the Utah Jazz by one point right down to the end of the game. And they're, so in, and, they're in, the and they're in, and they're and they're in, they're in altitude, and now they got to fly to Denver, more altitude, back to back nights. So, and, and it's an older team. And the amazing thing of looking at these games, there are different ways to approach this. I actually was on the same game and had the over, and yeah. thinking going into thin air, Denver scores more at home. But and I would be curious, San Antonio when they're playing quality opponents, you know, your thought process with them is they are really good defensively in their end of the court, uh, but against the, quality, the, the level of opponent. But they're, they're capable of playing another style of game against a team that only knows how to play one way, and the fact that all the things that you factored into your play on the side, I utilized that same thought process but said that Denver would be able to dictate the pace and I was maybe a little bit leery of San Antonio covering the number, but I was more inclined to think that Denver would dictate the pace, but San Antonio can play that pace, and the, and the total was a way to go, Kenny. And, the, and you know, it's, 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 it's a good point, because I think San Antonio felt like they could handle and run with Denver. But if it was the, was it, let's say it was the Golden State Warriors, would they try to run of with cool. the Golden State Warriors? No way. No, they wouldn't because they know they're the they, underdog we could beat in the game. These guys. They probably felt like they were the favorite going into Denver, not even knowing that they were the underdog. But well, but, but my question to you is: when you look at the Cleveland Oklahoma game yesterday, and you look at the San Antonio Denver game, these are games that were all decided in the fourth quarter. Basically, if you look at the Houston Minnesota game, it was decided. Look, Minnesota was winning the game thirty-one to twenty-three after one. And then Houston flipped it on him, thirty-one to nineteen. Then it was a tie. I noticed. I'm looking at the box scores of every game yesterday. It, listen, almost every third quarter of every NBA game was tied, meaning for that quarter. And then all the magic happens. You know, they used to say, "Look at the last two minutes of an NBA game." But I'm wondering, for you, when you're looking at a result of a game, are you looking at the quarter by quarter? Or you just expect it to be that one quarter is going to make the difference in almost every NBA game. Well, here, this is a good point because people need to know this. When you you're using power ratings, now what I did after that game, you're right. I actually upgraded San Antonio, and I downgraded the Nuggets just a little bit because. I felt they should have been up five or six going into the fourth quarter. That tiredness that the San Antonio Spurs that I felt was going to take take place really didn't take place till the fourth quarter. They they were the better team for three quarters, and it just so happened they just ran out of gas and had nothing in the tank in the fourth quarter. But they were the better team the first three. So next time if they played, I make the game four and a half, and if there's rest for both teams, it's four and a half now. And I think that's what you'll see what the betting line is. So then I'll have no play on the next time these two play. But that's okay. That's You just have to make the right line and make a strong line every game you can. And just because I won a game, I'm not going to upgrade Denver on that game. I'm going to – I downgraded them a little bit. I thought they should have won by more. Let me just – there's one tonight – that's similar to what we just got done talking about with San Antonio and Denver. Generally speaking, we, we think of Utah as a team that can you know, frustrate teams uh, and play maybe more of a half-court style of play. But they're an NBA team. They're capable of playing up-tempo. They just don't do it by design. But similar to what we just got done talking about with Denver and uh, San Antonio, uh, here's the game tonight. The, the total was 209, so got that first thing in the morning. It's up to 211, but... They, they played like six games ago, and Utah won at Phoenix 129-87. to 87. And I look at it and say, this is a rare opportunity for Utah to put on a little bit of a show for their home fans, like an offensive show against a team like that, and Phoenix has got to bounce back from getting boat raced. But that's the game they want to play. But it's, it's a rare opportunity for a team like Utah to play an up-tempo game and entertain their fans. And they proved that on the road. They went there and rolled them and put up 129, and the totals only t- was 209 for an opener. Yeah, that well, this is like four or five games ago now. I, I'm looking at a total. Utah's playing at New Orleans, and I'm thinking I'm five points under the total. I'm thinking 
I like a Utah as an under team, but New Orleans as an over team. I looked into a little bit more, and I said, wait a minute. Look at what the Jazz did. 129.99 yeah. over Golden State. 129.97 over Phoenix. 120 to 111 over San Antonio. They've had three straight games of 120. Um, I've got to reverse this. This looks like a really good over. They're starting to run. Well, the New Orleans games went over, but then they played at Memphis, who just plays to a snail's well, but crawl. And, and that was going to be my point, that you look, they scored 92 against Memphis, and then they only put up 101 uh, against San Antonio. We are like, well, wait a minute. Those are two of the best defensive teams defensive in the teams. league yeah. that they're capable of putting points up but th- against those two teams. They're almost draw a line through those games. And, and the then Spurs they say, here's game, what I'm really dealing with. The Spurs with. game still went over, and there was a minute, one minute in the second quarter where there was 13 points scored in one minute. And it might have been less than a minute. It was just basket, three-pointer, basket, three-pointer, basket, basket. It was, like, amazing how fast it went. But the the Utah Jazz are scoring points right now. They are very confident. They're playing up-tempo. They've won 10 in a row. They're a confident bunch. And Quinn Snyder is one of the best coaches in in basketball that that you've never heard of. Sports Insider Radio. I will say this. Go ahead. Well, I'm just going to tell people, sportsinsiderradio.com, 800-209-1679. Go ahead. Don't you think there's gonna, you're going to be laying two? That number maybe should be 10, but it's 12 because they've won 10 in a row. And I see always these scenarios where they win, but they don't cover. They win, especially in double digits. And, then, you know, the, the line makers are pushing up the line on a team that's won 10 in a row. Oh, yeah, it gets inflated, but it's Trevor Booker's out for, for Phoenix, their best player, and the Suns have just been playing terrible without him. Right. Now, now, the only, Brian, the only thing that scares me with this total, this is the Jazz sixth game in nine nights. They are starting to get a little bit tired. But, but, but see, to me, when I see a team that's tired, I, I think over because it's one thing to be running forward and know which way you're going and what you want to accomplish. When you're tired, you're not moving your feet on defense. That, to me, that, and, 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 not you know, blindly, the, but that's a thought process. Believe me, 25 years ago, I used to look for these situations to bet over because that was the first thing my dad talked about. When they're tired, the first thing that goes is your defense. Things have changed over the years. These teams get a little bit more methodical on offense now so that they can save their their legs. Or or are you you finding that uh, when they're playing that many nights – the rotation of players that the guy, the coach is using, is is massively different too, and, and that changes as well. The rotation here. This is a great one tonight. Atlanta, Detroit. All the value is gone. I played it under yesterday. I went under two twelve, and the only reason I went under in Atlanta and Detroit was because Atlanta. Both teams are playing their sixth game in nine nights. Both teams are dead tired, and uh, the point guard for Atlanta, Dennis Schroeder's out, and that's why the line went from eight and a half to ten and a half. So they're they're losing their one of their lead their right, leading scorer the and their and their right, and their right. assist guys. So there actually might be some value under two hundred five and a half with two very tired teams and uh, Atlanta, their best player, is out of the game tonight. The guy that sets everybody up and is their leading scorer. Now, also in terms of inflation, the first team number one team against the spread in NBA is the Boston Celtics. And the number fifth team against the spread in the NBA is the L.A. Clippers. They're playing each other. So what are you doing? That is that just a stay away from game, Kenny? You've been cashing ticket after ticket on Boston. You've been cashing ticket after ticket on Clippers. And now they're playing each other tonight. Well, or, that, do, yeah. or do you do what the squares do and take the dog because they think, well, you might as well take the dog if they've both been covering. Well, I don't know about that. But uh, the, if, if that's the way you're playing, that you're jumping on the train, which is you know right. a good way to go uh, if you're you know you get on a hot team and you win a couple games with them you might as well stay on them and they keep winning for you. Um, if you've been betting both teams at this point, it's just a stay away game and you hope exactly. it's close. You hope it's close and then you move on next the next time they both play and you jump on them again. But yeah, those are two really talented teams. But you don't really expect anybody to stay away if they're a square in the games of the ESPN marquee matchup of the night. <laughs> No, but they there, there, there's the also game. there's also twelve yeah. NBA games on the board tonight, and there's a uh, you know a lot of N, uh, college basketball going. So it's not a you know that's why we should have the advantage. The bookmakers got to put every game on the board up. We don't have to bet every single game. We can just bet the games where we think there's value. Exactly, and you know that goes back to baseball. I want to talk about it briefly before we end the show. 
I am so excited. I talked about it before you came in for baseball. Baseball is, you know, anytime I can pick a game without having to worry about did my team win and not cover, and it is amazing that even though the handle gets bigger every year, we have to convince on this side, talking to the clients that have already subscribed for football and for basketball, you know, you have to convince them to bet baseball. They're really, they're always complaining that it's boring as if they should be sitting there watching nine innings as opposed to how much money we can make off the sport. I agree with it. Don't even watch it. Just call the off Office, get the plays, get on board, and uh, you can, you can make a lot of money quick. I always said it. I've, made, I've known more guys that have become millionaires in baseball in one season than any other sport because it's a daily grind and it's a game that you can get hot in like they bet in the Celtics every day. Well, if you're betting the Celtics every day in basketball, you're really not. You're betting them every two or three days. Baseball, you're, you are betting that hot team every day. Right. All right, fellas, we'll play it back again next week. Mike, have a good week, bud. Yep, you guys have a good one. All right, John, we will talk to you. Check out johnsyndicate.com, sportsinsiderradio.com, 800-209-1679. Kenny, always a treat, bud. Good to see you. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. And we always appreciate you joining us. Invite you to check out sportsinsiderradio.com. Again, the number to call is 1-800-209-1679. Have a great week. That's 1-800-209-1679. Pick up the phone and make the call. Get today's Consensus Club play absolutely free. Coming from the outside to the inside here at SportsInsidersRadio.com. Get our top consensus play from me, John, yours truly, plus Kenny White and Brian Blessing. It's absolutely free. Don't stall. Make the call. 1-800-209-1679. 1-800-209-1679. Hey, this is former odds maker Kenny White now on your side of the counter. Go to oddsxfactor.com where I'm going to reveal all the secrets how to beat the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, and especially college sports. College is my forte. I love totals. I love second halves. And I love in-game. I was seen on 60 Minutes. I can beat the point spread. I was on the other side. Now I'm with you. Go to oddsxfactor.com. JohnSyndicate.com. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Direct from the Vegas Strip. Are you looking to access the most powerful betting syndicate information directly from the Vegas Wise Guys? The same games that players walk into the casinos and move 5, 10, 20 dimes a game on week in and week out. Learn the secrets of the most powerful betting sources directly from our office to your ears. All you have to do to walk with that air of confidence is pick up the phone and don't stall. Make the call. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Call now. Call free for your access password at johnsyndicate.com. That's www.johnsyndicate.com. Call now. Call free. It's a tunnel. We don't do it because we don't have the money. We spend $7 trillion.